Took off the blazer, loosened up the tie, stepped aside. The kitchen timeless is a lie. Sports City, what's going on? We are here on Championship Sunday in the middle of January. Get involved as much as you can. SportsCityChefs.com. Check out the website and also follow us on Facebook as well. We got PHIPower.co sponsoring the show. I got my coach running with me for the evening, calling out of the New York region of the United States of America. We have Chandler Knight in the building. CK, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm tired, man. Time for me to get my old man nap in. <laughs> that, that's for sure, man. We, we got to do this as quick as possible. We're going to give 60 minutes. See how bad we could, or good we could cook for at least 60. If we give you 90, stay tuned. We got more dishes to fulfill. A lot of topics to jump into. But the two big games from both respective conferences we will be discussing. But we have some news in the respected NFC conference jumping around with some coaching moves in the carousel. Bad or good first? Uh, was it a good or bad hire? in Philadelphia with Kellen Moore now leaving the Los Angeles region and coming to the East Coast to be involved with the Philadelphia Eagles at the OC position? I think it's a ridiculous hire. Um, I think it's the beginning of the end for Sirianni. This is similar to the things that they did to Andy Reid before they forced him out. One of the reasons they gave for hiring Kellen Moore is that he has the experience and the temperament to stand up to the other coaches on the staff when it comes to how the offense should run. Now you hired Nick Sirianni because he was an offensive coach. That was, that was what you said, Philly. Um, you got Jalen Hurts, who you need a strong running game in order for Hurts to be effective. You hire Kellen Moore, who wouldn't run the ball if you put a gun to his mother's head. Not just his head. If you kidnapped his mom and put a gun to her head and said, run the ball, Kellen, he's going to call a seven-step drop and a 20-yard pass. Okay? <laughs> that was part of the problem with the Eagles' offense this season was they weren't running the ball. Mm-hmm. So you hire a guy who doesn't like to run the ball, and the reason you hire him is because he's going to stand up to the head coach. So you're neutering your head coach when it comes to the offense, and you're hiring a guy who doesn't fit with your quarterback. Yeah, okay. That makes perfect sense. The the one thing that is, yeah, I, I agree with you is, is baffling is because 
Kellen Moore is a quarterback, and no, he came from a West Coast type of offense when he was in college at Boise State. He came to Detroit and was a backup and uh, got, you know, several starts there. And then with the Dallas, got several starts there, but was a career backup there. And ever since he's got the offensive coordinator position, he's always been a pure passer. And that's something that the Dallas Cowboys hung their hat on trying to get away from. Like, how was it going to be successful? Then he gets to Los Angeles and does the same thing and trying to rejuvenate the offense with the Chargers, if you will. And it didn't work out. They had a subpar season. And uh, you're bringing a guy that wants to be pass heavy to a team that has to at least be at the least be balanced and needs to run a game. They have to focus on the running game. I wonder if that implemented into the system that Keller Moore brings. And I doubt that he brings that at this point in time. So I think this is a questionable to bad hire by Philly. Sirianni's, you know, career is in question. Well, in Philadelphia, I won't say all to all, to all in his uh, career at the end of the day. But I definitely think that this could be in jeopardy if they don't make a postseason, don't have over – I want to say 11 or 12 wins this upcoming season, just to be fair with the number. I don't want to go, oh, 14 wins, 50. I don't want to do that. That's a lot. But it, it could be done because they had one loss the previous season. So he has a uh, big weight on his shoulders, especially in a huge city of Philly where that fanhood does not play around. Nor That fanhood is thirsty since they won that championship several years ago as well. So I think they have to get this done as soon as possible. Questionable to bad hire for me. Chandler said bad as well. Um, if you want, you could come in and chat or comment or uh, get on with the link that we have as well. Okay, there's another offensive coordinator move that happened within the NFC uh, with the Atlanta Falcons. They have just hired Zach Robinson. Was this a bad or good hire in Atlanta? I like the hire. Now, I'm not going to say that Zach Robinson is going to be Bobby Slowick, okay, or Ben Johnson, but I think it's a good hire. You don't know who your quarterback is right now. I think it's going to be Justin Fields. But right now, your quarterback is Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter is an average quarterback. He's serviceable, okay? Um, If you give him a strong running game and a strong defense, you can win eight to nine games with that team. So Zach Robinson coming out of L.A., coming out of that McVay-Shanahan tree, okay, we know he's going to be innovative. We know he's going to run the ball. You have two I mean, stud running backs. You got Kyle Pitts. You have some offensive weapons. You have a decent offensive line, um, pretty much. So I like to hire what, it, and and it shows that Raheem Morris did learn from his first coaching uh, stint to his interim coaching stint with Atlanta to now. Um, he even spent some time on the offensive side of the ball. A lot of people don't realize while he was in LA. When he first went to L.A., Sean McVay put him on the offensive side of the ball so he could really understand that as a defensive guy. Then, of course, he went back to the defense. So I like the hire. It's a smart hire. It's a guy he knows, a guy that they, he, he can relate to. They work together. I like the hire, for, I like the hire um, in Atlanta. To me, I look at this as a uh, discontinued situation. Like, they have to see how he progresses in Atlanta. It's going to be all on his shoulders at the end of the day to run that offense. We know how this was a underachieving offense in the year previous. A lot of coaches got removed out of the situation in Atlanta. And knowing that, every, including myself, I, I won't say everybody else, I speak on my behalf, I think more or less a situation I wanted to see B. John Robinson break out. I think they need to be more run balanced or balanced at the end of the day. They more focused on trying to throw the ball and not feature B. John as much as possible. I think B. John should have had an electric season, and he didn't the way that Atlanta was coming out. And they were still in the hunt at the end of the day to make or break 
the situation up against uh, Tampa Bay and the Saints as well, uh, racing for the finish line. So it could have been better. It wasn't. Uh, B. John is a, a home run hitter, let, let alone he's a strength guy and a bell cow at the end of the day. But just like you mentioned with Kyle Pitts in the passing game, they also have Drake London, a, a horse outside. This guy is tall as well that they could go to. So they still can pass the ball. I am somewhat of a Desmond Ritter fan because him coming out of Cincinnati where he played ball, he plays well at home, but on the road, it was questionable in the pros. But in college, he definitely ran a table, you know, as best as possible while he was there. It's still like he got to make his way uh, through the pro ranks at the end of the day, but it's it's still going to be tough for me to see this. So I said, this is a will see situation. That's why I'm like, this continue at the end of the day. But right now, I, th I think this can help Atlanta excel, especially in an up for grabs division. Because to me, I don't think anybody outright has the NFC South. If, if I did have to give it to anybody, it'd probably be the Saints because the Saints have an electric offense already built, but they, they're not consistent at the end of the day. So I think Atlanta can make a difference knowing that Robinson came from the Rams, uh, making this jump from McVay and him being an offensive mastermind and trying to implement his system in Atlanta. All new situation where I feel like Arthur Blank is going to be out of his way and not over the situation how a uh, Jerry Jones would be, if you will, in Dallas, Texas. Okay, everybody. Buckle up, because you know this is what I'm here for. This is championship week. I got my big brother Chandler with me. You already know, man. Check us out, sportscitystuff.com, and get involved on YouTube, Facebook, whatever you need to. We got you. First and foremost is the AFC championship game between the visiting Kansas City Chiefs going into Baltimore up against the league leading. I was going to say the conference leading, but the league leading. Baltimore Ravens, Chandler. Let's break this down. I, I'll go. I'll go teams by teams. Which special teams do you feel like will break out first? The the Chiefs or the Ravens? Do you think the Chiefs will make this a, a situation where they not only have to worry about the juggernaut offense, but actually having to slow down this crazy uh, special team situation? Who do you think breaks this open? The Chiefs or the Ravens? When it comes to special teams, I'm going to take the Ravens. Um, we still have too many guys from the Chiefs who can't catch the ball, who drop balls, who, I don't know, for lack of a better term, uh, perform cranial rectal inversions when they need to catch kickoffs and punt returns. For those of y'all don't understand what that is, that means you stuck their head up their ass. So <laughs> I'm going to go with Baltimore when it comes to special teams, especially given John Harbaugh's pass as, as a special teams coach. I, I actually agree. I, I feel like Kansas City doesn't have the speed that Baltimore has in the special teams. And in the next question, I, I do want to get to, I'll discuss that as well. But I, I feel like this is a make or break situation for me for Baltimore. Baltimore has been to the playoffs several times with Lamar. I feel like this is the dirt off his shoulder, if you will, at this point in time to try to advance. And uh, this is something that they can help take off of his shoulders is have the special teams actually make a play or give them field position to work with. That's on the, the side of the field that the Chiefs have or, you know, starting respectively close to the 40 or 50. So they don't really have to do too much damage. Not saying that the offense can't move the ball. Uh, Mark Andrews is back, so on and so forth. But to get, I want to say, 17 to 24 yards in return, that'd be beautiful. And I feel the team that could get those type of averages in this point in time and live off of the energy or momentum that the crowd could bring would be Baltimore. I think Baltimore can bring that in this game. Um, the next thing I do want to hit on uh, is the defense, and, and they say defense wins championships. Which defense could stop who? Will, will it be the, the Chiefs defense that people didn't think would have a good season and they actually played well this season, actually 
carried a lot of the lifting, if you will, or will it be this stout Ravens defense that we could consider arguably number one in, in the league at the position? Uh, how do you feel about that, Chandler? Whose defense do you feel is, is strong enough to win this game? The Chiefs have a good defense. The Chiefs have one of the best defenses they've had probably since Andy Reid has been there, I would say. From I mean, talking about front line, I'm talking about the, the second level with the linebackers and even the secondary. This is probably his best defense in Kansas City, even going back to the Alex Smith days. You know, but but miss me with Willie Gay as the spy, okay? The only time anybody's even mentioned Willie Gay's name all year was last game against Josh Allen and this game this week, okay? Willie Gay is okay. He's competent. He's good. He ain't great, all right? He ain't great. Oh, he ran a 4-4-6. Okay. Lamar runs like a 4-2. Miss me with that. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to the Ravens defense, it's not so much that they're going to sack or they're going to blitz. They can cover anybody they need to cover. You know, they can cover Travis Kelsey with their linebackers and with their safeties, especially Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton can run with Travis Kelsey. Roquan Smith can run with Travis Kelsey. And of course, he can hit him. He can tackle him. Patrick Queen, now that he's not being asked to be a middle linebacker, can be the 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 um Bart 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 played with the Jets played with the Ravens line Bart Scott oh, the he can, be, yeah. Bart he can Scott. be the Bart Scott which Bart Scott was better when he was in the middle linebacker because he could roam around you could put him here you could put him there and when he hit a guy he took him he put him down right you know um you you talk about the secondary you talk about uh, a Kyle Hamilton can play safety he can play the slot he can play corner. He can play linebacker. So when you look at this defense, you got Matabuikwe, Jadavian Clowney. I know he had nine sacks, but I've always said this about him. Jadavian Clowney is better against the run than he is as a pass rusher. And if you look at his stats over the years, when he's on the field, the run defense is far better than the pass defense. He is better at stopping the run than he is at getting sacks. That's why he hasn't had too many years with double-digit sacks. I know he's big and long and all these other things. He's a runs, he's a better run stopper. So now you add all that, and you add in the fact that Pacheco is coming in hobbled with the toe and the ankle. They basically given up on Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I mean, does he even see the field anymore? I'm telling you. So all in all, I have to give it to the Ravens defense hands down. I agree with you. I feel like the speed of the Ravens defense could keep up with them, but there's one factor that the Ravens defense have to be ready for right now, and that's the spy position that you're hitting on. Well, who's responsible for Patrick Mahomes Jr.? Let me let me say it all. Let me say it all because his mother don't want you to call him Pat. You got to say it all. You got to say Patrick. He's that one when the play breaks down. He could pick up that 10, 15-yard scramble and hurt the defense series after series and break your back and keep your defense on the field. That's what wears defenses down. If they're playing electric defense across the board, that's something that the Ravens have to pay attention to. I feel like they have speed to get in the backfield and stuff to run. They could actually play the pass well. Coming out of college, I wanted Kyle Hamilton to come to Detroit, but he ended up going to Baltimore at the end of the day. And um, he's actually progressed as soon as he got out of Notre Dame to come to Baltimore and make it happen out there and uh, make a key crucial plays and turning the ball over as well. I feel like they do have his speed everywhere else, but whoever is responsible for the middle of the field or not letting, you know, Patrick Mahomes hurt him at the end of the day is where I question where Baltimore has to make that stop to advance. Uh, you know, 
They say defense wins championships. Baltimore has won championships off of the back of their defense and the both situations that they've gotten there. I I really hope that they can make it happen. The Chiefs have played strong defense all year. I didn't expect this at the beginning of the season that they would have this style of a defense, and they've done it up until this point. Can they continue it on the road in Baltimore uh, like they've done previous? I, I, I give them their, their due, what they did in Buffalo up against the Bills, holding them to 24 at home, even though I feel like Josh Allen forced it. I had a, a person that I know basically said it wasn't really a Josh Allen situation. It was more or less the kicker and throwing the, the wide right on them. I'm like, come on. So he tried to come for me at that, got to a debate before we started this show today. So everybody full throttle football. Believe me, everybody's emotions on the line at the end of the day. But why they call this a heavyweight fight? Styles make fights. Which offense is the thoroughbred offense for this championship game? Is it Patrick Mahomes and the visiting Chiefs? Or is it Lamar Jackson and the debatable MVP with this Baltimore Ravens offense, Jeremy? Oh, see, no one in their right mind is going to take any coach-quarterback duo over Andy Reid and, Patrick, and Pat Mahomes. No one's going to take anybody over those two. I don't care who you name. Okay, unless we're going back in the history books, you know, we start talking about North Turner and Troy Aikman and stuff like that. Okay, but I know Andy Reid has a tendency to turn into Philadelphia Andy Reid, as we saw last week with McCall Hardman. Andy Reid has a tendency to forget that he has a running game. It, it happens. Andy Reid will sometimes make the most head-scratching decisions you've ever seen a winning Hall of Fame head coach. You're like, Andy, what the hell are you doing, man? Put the burger down, son. <laughs> but, <laughs> it, Oh, my goodness. The thing is, Joe Tooney's not playing. Right. Joe Tooney's exactly. not playing. Mm-hmm. They he Listen, he matters. Again, Isaiah Pacheco's banged up. And they're going to bring some pain for Isaiah Pacheco. Everybody, oh, yeah, good. yeah, he from Rutgers, and he was a 29th round draft pick or whatever it was, and he runs angry. He the angriest running back on the earth and all of these things. They're going to bring the pain, okay? Right. And if you get Pacheco off the field, there's no running game at that point. So now it's, okay, Pat, beat us with your wide receivers who can't catch. Beat us with Marquez Marquez Valdez Scanling, Mm -hmm. no Rasheed Rice, no Rasheed Rice, and whoever else you got. Sky Moore is not playing for personal reasons, dude. It's AFC Championship game. Wait, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. You're being disrespectful. You said, and whoever you... Wait, Travis Kelsey, wait, just because Travis Kelsey is messing around with Taylor Swift don't mean he ain't he, somebody He's not a wide else. receiver. He's not a wide receiver. I don't consider him when he's a tight end. He's a tight end. Okay. He's a tight end. I ain't got okay. to him yet. You want to do that? We'll I ain't do that. got okay, to him fine. yet. Okay, fine. I'm talking wide receivers. You got MVS, no, no Rasheed Rice. Sky Moore decided that he has personal things he needs to take care of. Okay, and you got McCole Hardman who's going to drop every ball you give him. All right. And uh, what's the kid's name? And Kadarius Tony, who I think also isn't playing, or if he does play, he's going to drop 75 balls. Okay? So at that point, all we have to do now is keep Travis Kelsey contained. He's going to catch balls. Okay? But as long as he don't catch a touchdown, I don't care if he catches 150 balls in this game. I'll give Travis Kelsey all the catches he wants from the 20 to the 20. I ain't giving him none in the red zone. So now what you're going to do? You can't run the ball. And you can't catch the ball. 
And the only guy who can catch the ball is going to have 75 guys around him when you say hike. I got to go with, I, I, I got to go with Baltimore's offense. I thought it was 11 on 11. Um, nah, bro. They're going to bring some people out the stands. They're going to get some of the Swifties. They're going to be down there covering them too. <laughs> I apologize, man. They, they're playing uh, <laughs> city football. <laughs> I don't know what the call is. Um, this is a tough one for me because I love both of us. I can't, you know, I can't pick one over the other. As much as these guys are teams that if my team played, I want to see us win. But I'm a big-time Lamar Jackson fan. I'm a big-time Patrick Mahomes Jr. fan. I love the way that Travis Kelsey plays ball. I'm a big-time Mark Andrews fan at the tight end position. Um, at one point, I was a heavy, you know, I respected Odell's game. He's gotten older, so he's not the same Odell. Zay Flowers is a big issue on that offense also. The run game is big, too, for Baltimore with Gus and company. Knowing I know Gus respected him, knowing what we do here in Sports City. Um, end of the day, I look at it with Kansas City being the office that's been here, gotten championships, brought it back to Missouri as well. Uh, Patrick Mahomes Jr. deserves the respect in his own right. Um, just like you said, with the issues in the backfield, if, if Clyde Lear could come in and, and be it as an issue for Baltimore, which I doubt because they have enough speed to get to him and get him to the ground, even though he is a durable running back. Well, he has suffered some injuries, but I'm just saying while he's able to play, he's durable enough to, you know, stay up for a little bit. Not saying he's breaking tackles, but he, he does get his yards at the end of the day. Um, but I, I really want to see Baltimore's offense do it. Like I said, I, I'm a, I love Lamar's game. That's the old football that I was raised off of. I remember, can't lie to you, Randall's my favorite quarterback of all time. I was, I was a big Randall Cunningham fan. And if Randall didn't see it, if Fred Barnett, none of them, uh, Keith Byers, uh, Jackson, they couldn't get open, Randall taking off. So I'm gone. And then like, Randall gone, he'd shake, outrun you, whatever. He, I mean, he'll jump or slide here or there. But Randall going to try to make something happen. And this is the same, I want to say, like 3.0, because Michael Vick is more or less the 2.0 with Randall. But like the 3.0 of the situation and look at what Lamar could do. But now Lamar's become somewhat of a pass or, or trying to throw the ball more within the offense. And that makes it an alarming threat. And if they could work the run pass or, uh, option in there, that would be crucial. If the play action comes in and makes it evolve, hinges the uh, the second level of that defense where he can make the throws and open this game up. I want to see Lamar be able to do that up against uh, Kansas City if he could. But that's the question that remains. Can it get done at this point in time? while uh, Kansas City has been here before and had to stop quality uh, player after quality player at the end of the day. So I, I favor Baltimore's offense in this one. They they have the running attack. They can pass. Not saying they, oh, they won't or can't, you know, will. I feel like they can pass the ball. I just want to see how healthy Mark Andrews is on the field. If he could actually be the guy that he was in the season this year where he was actually playing and making plays for them would be critical for this offense to move the ball in other areas if they do start to try to bracket or double them or set him up in a zone where uh, Lamar could go other places. If not, then let the legs of Lamar take him to where he's been for this quality MVP season. So I actually give the leg up to the Baltimore Ravens offense at this point in time. And you know Taylor's who we haven't even mentioned? Yes. We haven't mentioned Dalvin Cook. We so, haven't mentioned Dalvin Cook, who's healthy, mm -hmm. by the way. So quick prop bet for you, Dalvin Cook over under 75 yards in this game. I'm telling you, it's 75 yards. Dalvin it, Cook get at least 75 the, yards in this game. The, the over under set at 75? No, I'm saying if there's an over under for Dalvin Cook, take the over yeah. for yards in this okay. game. He's getting about 75 yards in this game. 
because last game we saw them do just come in and just run a couple of things specifically for him. You saw that quick hitters, right? He he went through there 14 yards. Listen, Dalvin Cook is faster than anybody they got. I like Gus Edwards. And once he gets rolling, but Dalvin Cook can take it to the house. Oh, yeah. All right. He's a home run hitter. So now yeah. you put Dalvin Cook out there with Gus Edwards and Zay Flowers, and you throw a screen or a swing or a bubble screen or something to Dalvin Cook, or you just do a quick hitter up the middle? Come on, son. It's going to be all over but the shout. But I already told y'all what the score was going to be. Sorry, I'm having technical difficulty, people. Sorry, my camera just fell. Um, I like I like I said, I like the uh situation with Baltimore at the end of the day. Um if they can make this happen up against his team, I don't know if, if he's hitting a 75 yarder for the day that it, it can happen. I I, I want to see I had a fantasy he didn't have an electric season, but as soon as he got to Baltimore, he felt like he was at home in Florida with Florida State. So also in Minnesota. I can't take that away from him from the Vikings. Thank goodness he's out of the north. But um it can happen. I feel like they will come out the gates with Justice Hill and, and Gus Edwards, but if they're weakened, if if they can pound the ball as much as they can up against the Chiefs offense, I mean defense, excuse me, then Cook could come in and, and apply speed and they're going to be weakened. So I, I feel like they can get out there and stretch their legs, especially being at home where if that crowd gets involved, I feel like the momentum could work in the favor of the Baltimore Ravens in that offense. Okay, is there anything else that you'd like to add toward the championship game in the AFC before we take it across? the line here no i i mean what what bothers me about this game is all of the all of the um patrick mahomes and patrick mahomes and patrick mahomes listen i understand patrick mahomes is this generation's greatest quarterback hands down okay this is a better team than patrick mahomes is ever going up against and i think this is the time where Patrick Mahomes' team is going to get boat raced. It's not going to be his fault, but he doesn't have a quality offense around him. So I understand everybody wants to jump on it. Patrick Mahomes can do anything. He can't throw the ball and catch it. Okay, just keep that in mind, people. Okay, so we'll get right into the NFC side of things. This this is uh, (laughs) where I get the hang my hat, if you will. Uh, the visiting Detroit Lions are going into San Francisco to see who could win this NFC title. Uh, we'll, we'll do this respectfully again, uh, you know, team by team, if you will. Uh, we'll start how we did in the AFC. Who do you like in this one, special teams-wise? Do you favor the visiting Lions, or do you favor the home team, San Francisco 49ers, uh, to take care of business with the special team effort? Uh, this is a tough one. This is a coin toss, honestly. Um, I would probably go with San Francisco, one, because they're at home, and two, because they have so many guys who can return kicks, punts, whatever. So I would go with San Francisco slightly, but it's going to be tough. For it, it, It's a coin toss. It's a coin toss to me, but I would go with San Francisco because I, if it comes down to a trick play, I'll take Detroit, but just straight special teams, I got to go San Francisco. This is tough for me because San Francisco has actually been here, and I feel like there was a big game in San Francisco, I want to say several years ago, where they lost to the Giants. And um, 
don't know if you guys remember him. It was Williams. K. Williams, the, the, the returner, had muffed the ball several times in that game and cost him the game, and he also dealt with threats, so on and so forth at the end of the day. Does this situation, you know, rear its head back out there in California for the San Francisco 49ers? I felt like it would favor the Lions if uh, Khalif Raymond were there, uh, knowing that this guy is an all-pro at the position uh, in his special teams. Uh, it hurt. It's the, it hurts to the line that he is out. I, I do favor the Niners special teams at this point in time, while the Lions are actually trying to figure out who they put back there, whether it's Khalil Dorsey or if they enter a running back like Craig Raymond, uh, uh, Craig Reynolds, excuse me, to go back there and uh, retrieve kicks or punts. I, I don't think he's a guy that could bring the ball to the house. He, I mean, he could pick up yards, but I don't think that he's going to cause damage in this game at a special team situation. I, I favor the Niners at least for this portion of the game and the special teams efforts. Um, this is an interesting question right here, Chandler, because this can this can seem like an obvious one. Defensively, who do you think could impact this game better? The visiting Lions defense or the home team, San Francisco 49ers defense? It depends on which with what we're talking, whether we're talking run defense or pass defense. Because if it's against the run, I'm taking the Lions. The Lions haven't given up more than 70 yards rushing a game, I believe it is, all season. When it comes to pass defense, listen, <laughs> they made Baker Mayfield look like a like an all-pro. All right, them cornerbacks did. And, but, you know, Baker turned into Baker at some point. So it's – it's, and the same thing on the other side with, with um, San Francisco. San Francisco will give up the edges on the run. You can't run up the middle against them. But you can get them on the edges. You know, their secondary is better than Detroit's. I'm not going to say it's leaps and bounds better, but it is better. Um, Their linebacking core is what really stands out with Frisco. Uh, uh, again, coin toss, I will give San Francisco the edge simply because I think the Lions cornerbacks, they just give up too much yardage. They, they blow too many assignments. They, they stay with their eyes in the backfield too often. They blow too many assignments. So I have to give the edge to San Francisco. See, now this makes it interesting. That's why I'm saying it can go either one way or the other. Um, of course, it, like there's a bias for me here, but I, I look at it like this. If the Lions could use the recipe that the Packers use and other teams that were successful on them and running the ball, I feel like they can actually put a lot of pressure on a Niners defense. I respect Warner. I respect Bosa. But everybody else has to show up to me. If they can put the pressure on Bosa and send it at Bosa, where Bosa has to fight one or two guys every play, um, it kind of neutralize him and Warner, which we have an offensive line that can make that difference in the game. I, I, I think there's pressure for San Francisco defense to show up. I do. If, if the Lions can neutralize the big names, Within that defense, which is in the the front seven at the most, at the most, because I don't re I really don't see any threats in there, the back end, especially with the the, the free safety, uh, the Samoan uh, guy. I can't remember his name. It, it escapes me at this point in time. But um, if they could put it in a situation where they don't give up too many of the big plays, and that's the uh, you know I'm asking for a lot out of the Lions defense, especially that secondary. But they do have guys that make plays in the secondary. I don't like how they overlook it. Yes, they do give up big passing yards to their number one receivers, but Iffy, uh, Melly, you know, Iffy, I, I can't even pronounce the last name, 
He has had some big turnovers that come up crucial and also getting sacks as well at the safety position. CJ GJ is back at the two games that he's picked up being back. He has two interceptions already being back on the field. Uh, he told Baker that he's going to pick him off. He did get a pick off. He also got an interception in Minnesota on his first game back as well. So that actually helps that he has that experience of being on the field and also being in a uh, Super Bowl as well last year up against that Chiefs uh, offense as well. So knowing what CJ brings to the game in the passing defense actually helps Detroit knowing that he's, you know, bringing that. And Kirby Joseph is a ball hawk in himself. It's just more or less that they have to be there on the, those third and longs and plays where they're going to pass and breaking that up or, or turning the ball over is big for Detroit at the end of the day. But we have a pass rusher in Aiden Hutchinson just like Bosa is. And at the, the linebacker position, Alex Anzalone arguably had a, a Pro Bowl season at the uh, linebacker position also. So, um, and the youngster, Jack Campbell, actually makes plays too. And that, that's that's been part of how they stopped the run too. So it's debatable to me. I, I do think the Lions defense comes in there and actually makes it tough for San Francisco's actually run offense at this point in time. But if they could actually break up passes or, or get a turnover here or there, I think they can make this a very interesting game. Um, but, you know, respectively, so San Francisco does have a, a rightness with the momentum, the adrenaline with the crowd and everything. And, and knowing that they've been here last year and fell short due to a ton of injuries at the wrong time in Pennsylvania, I, I really feel like San Francisco's old goals could fit them in Santa Clara. I'm going with Detroit's defense to actually su surprise people uh, this evening. Well, okay, the, so, um, Chase okay. Young is the wild card here. Chase Young. Chase Young can wreck a game like Khalil Mack can. He doesn't do it often enough. He doesn't do it often enough. Um, that's why he's here instead of Washington, and that's why he's playing for a contract. So that's why he didn't get his fifth-year option picked up. Chase Young is the wild card for the San Francisco defense because if he is as disruptive as he can be, where you got to start doubling him, right? Now you got Bosa coming from the backside, so on those runs where they want to try to cut back and break it back to the outside, now you got Bosa close, cut, cut shutting that edge down, coming back down. So the thing, the thing for me with San Francisco is Chase Young, are you going to show up and get this money? Or not? Do you want this bag or not, Chase Young? Do you want this bag or not? That's what it's going to come down to. Oh, and really quickly, Willie Gay is not playing today. Okay, that's something to look forward to in the Chiefs game. Um, this this is crucial because when when is the last time that Chase Young? Wait, wait, please hold everybody. I have technical difficulties. Well, while Ty's taking care of that, oh, go ahead, Ty. Okay. <laughs> while Ty's taking care of his technical difficulties, um, Willie Gay is not playing today for the Kansas City Chiefs, so there goes the spy for Lamar Jackson. Now, who will they use in that spiral? Unknown at this point, which really hurts Kansas City's defense at this point. Now, if you were counting on Willie Gay to be the guy to keep Lamar from running, and I think, honestly, that Baltimore is going to be a run-heavy offense today. This really hurts Kansas City. Go ahead. I think Ty is back with us. Go ahead, Ty. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to pick up where you were on the Kansas City defense situation. Uh, the Willie Gay situation also is unfortunate if he's not playing because I definitely think they need all the uh, weapons that they can to go up against Baltimore's offense at the end of the day. Uh, 
I, I guess we both selected this correctly. I, I went with Baltimore's defense in that situation. Okay, so this is the creme de la creme matchup. This is the heavyweight situation again. Oh, I, I really feel like how both of them have gotten to this point, uh, being the San Francisco, well, the Detroit Lions and the San Francisco 49ers, is their offense has actually been playing stout and well at this point in time. Chandler, whose offense do you think could get them to the Super Bowl uh, after this game matchup? Is it the visiting Lions or is it the home team San Francisco 49ers? Um, I think it's... You know what? I don't trust the. I don't trust the. Um, I don't trust their offense at all. Because I don't trust Brock Purdy. You understand what I'm saying? I don't trust Brock Purdy, at all. Um, I don't think Debo is going to be on the field long today. Okay. I don't think he's going to be on the field long. Which means, and and there was a graphic on uh, uh, NFL Network, whatever show they were doing this morning, that shows just how stark the difference is when Debo's on the field, when he's off the field. It's almost like a 10-point difference in their scoring when Debo was not playing. That was just this season. It was four games. They were one and three. Um, and the, the difference in points was like almost 10 points. I don't trust Brock Purdy to have to throw the Niners to win the game. And everybody, oh, Chris McCaffrey, Chris McCaffrey, Chris McCaffrey. Okay. Christian McCaffrey. And Ty, you notice we were we were on Christian McCaffrey when he was in college and how he never got any, any credit for anything. And a lot of it was because he was a white running back. Nobody wanted to give him credit for anything. Now they finally want to give him credit. I believe that if it comes down to Brock Purdy having to win this game, the Niners are going to lose. And I think that's what it's going to come down to. I think it's going to come down to Brock Purdy having to win the game for the Niners versus Jared Goff just having to not lose it. So I'm going to take the Lions offense over the Niners offense. Stunning response. <laughs> Stunning response. Um, I am not going to lie. I feel like they're even across the board. I do. I feel like the youth of, well, let me do it, visit into home. Golf has lapses here and there, and that could end up costing them if one of them arises, especially in a critical point in the game or late in the game at the wrong point in time. The youth of Purdy is the question, and if they do suffer a setback or an injury, can he withstand it? And I don't want this to be a weather situation or an injury that actually hampers them because then they'd be like, oh, if this guy played, you know, yada, da, da, you know, what would have happened then? I wanted to be earned honestly and respectfully. So the, I mean, he has a, a wealth of experience in the past season and a half of him starting, but how much do we give him credit of being in the postseason? Because this is really his biggest run from last year getting injured to coming into this season with a lot of anticipation on what they can do. A lot of things that they, a lot of people think they could push the envelope uh, getting to, the Super Bowl back to where they were a few years ago. Now, looking at the running game, Christian McCaffrey's a, a monster in this season, in the last season as well. But the one thing that I had about Christian McCaffrey was he could never stay on the field because he was getting injured year after year while he was in Carolina trying to make it happen. He couldn't stay on the field. Um, but now that he's been able to be featured 
uh, correctly and not putting too much on his back, giving him the ball when need be, has helped San Francisco out. But the one thing for the Lions is their running game has actually been carrying them at this point in time with uh, David Montgomery or Jameer Gibbs, whoever's out there to make the play uh, can go out there and go and uh, run the ball aggressively. Uh, Gibbs has actually turned it on late better than Montgomery, but Montgomery is still a respected running back in his own right to at least pick up those knickknack yards that we need at the point in time to make this go down. So I, that's why I say I feel like it's even, but in that right, it's two against one. So two is better than one. I still favor the Lions in the running game at that point in time, but if I can't take anything away from McCaffrey. I won't. I don't want to do that. Uh, the tighter position, I think the the youth of Sam Laporta is the one thing that the Lions have to be concerned about. It, you know, does it show up at the wrong time in this game? But he's been playing quality effort after quality effort for start after start, and Kittle is a, a mainstay within that offense for San Francisco. But for this respective season, to me, I mean, this is debatable if you want. Laporte's been the best tight end in football this year. He's been the best tight end in football. The only thing Kittle brought to the table to give it a question is he brought more yards to the table than Laporta. Other than that, Laporta has dominated uh, at the position. Um, he's had the most catches in a rookie uh, season in NFL history, the most uh, touchdowns for a rookie tight end at the position in NFL history as well. So, um, I, I feel like it's even because both of these guys are Iowa tight ends at the end of the day. It's like the father of the situation going up against the son. Um, but the way that Laporte has played, he's not playing like he, he's a young guy. Like He's played like he's been here before, and, and, and he's come up with big play after big play too. So I, I feel like it's even, but this could leg up the way that Laporte has been playing throughout the season. Laporte can have the edge in this one. Um, receiving core, too tight. It's tight for me. Uh, line situation, Amon Ra's an all-pro. I, I care less on how people look at it. I mean, they, they love Debo. Debo's name is respected in his own right. But Debo didn't make all pro at the position. It was Tyreek and it was Amon Ross St. Brown. So if we go on name for name, the sun god gets it. Um, then Ayuk would probably get the leg up over like Josh Reynolds at the end of the day. I think Ayuk has been dominating and he's actually getting yak like crazy. So when he touches the ball, you got to get him down because he's actually getting more yards after he retains the ball and can continue upfield. So I give Ayuk that leg up. So it's kind of like 1-1. Across the board, I said I, I feel like it's even, but the one edge would be the running game for the Lions. I feel like the Lions actually could run the ball better than the San Francisco 49ers just because there's one more back involved compared to uh, what McCaffrey may bring uh, it by himself. But not saying that McCaffrey can't get it done, but the Lions' defense is actually, just like you mentioned, I wanted to hit it before you did. No running back has got over 70 yards rushing against the Lions, and that's, that's a, a critical thing that the Lions need to bring San Francisco to try to make this a very interesting game across the board. Okay, so uh, hold on one are, second. Um, yes, the, I understand that people keep talking about Kittle, Kittle, Kittle. Um, Kittle has become an afterthought in this offense for most of the season. He was an afterthought. How many games did you watch where you didn't even hear his name this season? Uh, 17 games, there might be four games where you even heard his name mentioned this season. So I don't really look at it as like Kittle is some, some, uh, I can't think of the word. That's what happens when you get old. You had a lot of concussions. I don't <laughs> see him being some integral part. That's what I was trying to say. Integral part of this offense. You understand what I'm saying? Because I'm looking at his entire season. He was an afterthought. 
Okay. He was an also ran in that offense. They went to everybody but him when they had to go to him, they did. But he wasn't the first, second, third, or even sometimes the fourth option in his offense. So I don't know how important Kittle is going to be. I know that because of his name and what he's done in the past, people want to bring him up. But uh, I don't know. He he has the most uh, receiving yards at the tight end position this year. Uh, so I got to give him that. Um, and I did have a fantasy as well. So he's decent at the position. Like I can't tell, like Kittles, I respect him. But for the way that Laporta came out, Laporta led tight ends fantasy with points and everything that he was able to do on the field. So I feel like Laporta does get the leg up, but I don't want to totally take away from Kittle because you got to, you can't take your eyes off of him. This guy could make you pay. And he's also another guy to get yak too. Like if he catches the ball, you got to get him down because he's, he's a, a stubborn mother effer at the end of the day. You got to get him on the ground. If not, he's going to make you move the chains and you don't want him cutting those chains up or moving them downfield or getting the paint. That That's one thing that can end up hurting. Okay, so we are at the tail end of the show, everybody. I need a winner on both the AFC and the NFC. Chandler, we go with the first game coming up uh, at 3 p.m. Coming up soon, shortly. Everybody buckle up. Get your popcorn ready. Terrell Owens told you. Who do you like in the AFC, the visiting Chiefs or the Baltimore Ravens? Ravens 42 to 6. Whoa. <laughs> Blowout. Oh, man. This is tough, man. Um, You know what? I like success stories is something I believe in a lot, man. I really do. Lamar finally gets to a Super Bowl. I don't think it's a blowout, though. I, I think uh, Lamar wins this in a barn burner. I don't think Patrick is going out without a fight. I think Mahomes is going to really come out with a, a, a ratchet and start letting that gun off. I think this is a 34-28 game. Baltimore, even even though Baltimore defense is fast and can make plays, I think I still think Mahomes is able to score the ball. But I don't think it will be enough to get out of Missouri alive to uh, bring that AFC title uh, to Kansas City, Missouri. I don't think so. I, I really think this is a Ravens situation to uh, get to Vegas and try to wear their black jerseys in the black hole, if you will. If you go to Vegas, it looks like a hockey puck, so it's all black. All right. So, Chandler, don't break my heart. <laughs> NFC Championship, the visiting Detroit Lions or the home team, San Francisco 49ers. Who I don't know. Get the ticket to Vegas? Who's going to Vegas? I don't know. I know the final score is 38-35. I don't know who wins. Um, I want the Lions to win, which means that the Niners will probably win. Uh, because I really want Detroit to win. Because, again, I'm old enough to remember Eric Hipple as a quarterback and Wayne Fonts as a head coach, okay? <laughs> I'm mm -hmm. old enough to remember, you know, um, Eric Kramer, you know, and 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 when Barry was there and, and um, Lomas Brown was still a Detroit Lion, mm -hmm. all right? Mm -hmm. So I've always liked the Lions because I was a huge Barry Sanders fan. I like the Lions because they were a team that really nobody ever gave them a chance, but they fought like hell, even though a lot of times they didn't win, you know. 
So I want Detroit to win. So I'm going to say Detroit 38-35, but that's just really my heart talking. So we got it out of Chandler. You really don't want to give me a real one, but it's okay. I I feel his pain. Believe me, I'm, I'm feeling his pain worse. Um, because not only do I have to deal with Brian breaking news shoes here in the kitchen, my blood brother that I every day of my life I've been around is a 49er fan. My older cousin, Tuna, is a, a Niner fan. Uh the guy that sings the intro for the Sports City Chefs. Caviar, a.k.a. D. Little, is a 49er fan. I'm surrounded by that red and gold. I am, believe me, within my family, within the people that are close to me. But it's like etched in my skin. I, I'm banging blue like I'm cripping, like like I can. I've been through here for decades. I've been through all of the pain with these guys, man. And the one thing about Detroit's situation, not only just being an underdog, is being counted out. Where people really consider Francisco going back to the Super Bowl and making it happen, even for the beginning of the season. A lot of people had pegs. San Francisco going to the Super Bowl up against the Baltimore Ravens. The buck stops here for them. I really feel like this is that rocky situation. The The Lions take a whole bunch of heavy punches, and it looks like they could be down and out. They come out of nowhere, rising like a phoenix, and bringing the NFC Championship back to Detroit, respectively so. I, I feel strong in my word today. I do. And um, the one thing I feel like Detroit can do to win this game, it's got to keep Bosa out of this game. If they can if they can keep Bosa out of this game and make Warner chase a lot, they, they got to keep Fred chasing. And, and I really feel like Gibbs is that guy that can make him chase. He does have speed to, like, bring questions to that defense. And golf has to stay away from the turnovers. Big. He, he can't turn the ball over no matter what. I, I, I know I'm asking for a lot. Because it could potentially happen, knowing that he's played San Francisco so many years, so many games, being a Ram at the end of the day. Um, and like Brian mentioned, his his he's 0-1 against the Niners uh, as a line, but that was his very first game in which the whole the whole receiving core got injured that game. They all got injured. Um, so, um, of course, you see it. I'm I'm going with Detroit regardless. He dressed in white or white. They don't have a white baseball hat. If so, I would have, but. I had to get the other uh, throwback. The last time they won a championship game, they were wearing this in 1957. This emblem right here, that right there. I think that that's a respected emblem that brings it back to Michigan. There's no other way. 2014, this slogan was made famous in the middle of Texas from a team in Michigan, aka the Lions. Joy Bell looked at the camera and said, Detroit versus everybody. And I mean that. Detroit versus everybody. Okay, so we, we respectfully got the winners across the board, Chandler. Um, anything that you want to hit on before we do get out of here, whether it's any sport that you want to jump into real quick or, you know, if it's respectfully in these two championship games or something that we need to address, please let me know as the brunch continues. Just a couple things. Um, I want everyone associated with the Detroit Tigers front office fired. I'm talking <laughs> general manager, team president, the secretary, the guy who washes the windows, the janitor, the elevator operator, and including <laughs> the dude that delivers the sandwiches. I want them all fired. Okay? You just gave $28 million to a minor leaguer that you didn't think enough of to bring up last year when you had a revolving door at third base. By the way, he's a third baseman. You're going to you're gonna switch to second base because he makes less errors at second base, which speaks to his defensive non-prowess. 
and you gave him $28 million, but you keep letting good players go because you we don't have the money to pay them. I want them all fired. I want them all fired today. And the other, <laughs> I want them all gone. <laughs> I want them all gone. And, and, and unfortunately, in the NHL, um, we got these five guys who are about to be arrested for uh, sexual assault back when they were with uh, Team Canada during the World Championships. I hope they all burn in hell. I hope they all burn in hell. All of them. Carter Hart, uh, Brandon Doobie, all of you. Alex Formington, and there's two more whose names I can't remember, but if you look it up, you'll see the story because there's five of them who had who suddenly took leave of absences from their teams, and there's five people going to be charged in London, Ontario for this assault. So um, all of them, I hope you burn in hell. What you got, Ty? Okay, so as you know, in baseball, I'm a, uh, I'm a Minnesota Twins fan, so the Tigers, I, I keep, keep – uh, you know, setting yourself back, if you will, if that's what Chandler's saying, uh, on the, uh, the the hire that you guys brought in. I'm already feeling a certain way about you guys coming into Minnesota and getting uh, Hente Maeda from us, even though Hente didn't have the best of seasons, but he's still a, a decent pitcher at the end of the day. And now we got to face him 21 times within the season. So I already feel a certain way about the Tigers. But knowing that this is a hire that more or less that has Chandler at the edge of his seat and wants everybody to lose their position with the team. Hey, I, I want to see the building burn. This is as fast as they put it up in there in, in Comerica Park. I walk by that park every time I go in the four field because they're literally across the street. From each other. I'm talking about literally across the street from each other. Um, any NHL, like you said, I'm, I'm a respected Ranger fan. They came up with a big win last night, putting up seven goals. So I, I love every last bit of that. They got to play consistent to me. I, I don't like this up and down and well, we're at the top of the East and the next thing you know, they get a losing streak. And it's like, where's the consistency at? And how, how do they go into the postseason? Because they'll play strong within the regular season and get to the postseason and lose in the Eastern Conference Finals. That consistency has to remain, especially if they do want to bring one back. This is this is as long or as lengthy as the, the Lions situation uh, with the Lions not being to a championship game since 91. The Rangers haven't, you know, brought it back to New York since 94. I mean, they've been to the uh, Stanley Cup and losing to the, the Kings as of recent, but every time they get to the Eastern Conference Finals, they've been slipping up and letting it go. So I definitely want to see the Blue Shirts do more than what they're doing right now. I'm, I'm being a, a, a needy fan at the end of the day. I can't lie, but uh, the energy around the Rangers is good when they're doing good. When they're doing bad, it's like we, we hush up like any other fan when they start losing quickly. All right, Chandler, so we are at the tail end of the show. Anything else you'd like to address on the closeout? Give me a plug, closeout, anything, anybody or anything you'd like to shout out? The kitchen is yours. Uh, Julius Randle, hurry up and uh, get your shoulder back, pop back into place. I ain't trying to hear you being out for three weeks with dislocated shoulder. But as always, you know, 22 veterans commit suicide a day. That's only two hours out the day that a, ver that a veteran doesn't take their life. So if you're a veteran, friend of a veteran, family member of a veteran, um, phone number is 988, option one. It's not just to wait until things get terrible. Uh, if you just need to reach out and talk, need to find out about resources, need to just talk to another veteran who understands what it is to be a veteran, use that number. Um, and, and as always, say yes to life. All right, definitely, man. Check out everything that Chandler just told you guys to hit up on because the people need it. They are still human beings at the end of the day. These people are not 
animals or what you have you at the end of the day, man, we all need to be considered regardless of race or creed or agenda, so on and so forth, man. Everybody do your thing. Be peaceful out there. SportsCityChef.com, uh, PHIPAL.co. Continue to check us out as uh, people that support and help us across the board. We got all types of things for you. But more importantly, this Tuesday, more than likely, will be the uh, the front office hitting on the winners, addressing their trip to Las Vegas for the Super Bowl. Uh, hopefully, I can punch my ticket to Nevada, a.k.a. Las Vegas, better known as the Valley to me. They know me. If they're around Sports City, this is a lot of food for thought. Hopefully, they can still do these dishes. On that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. Sports City, Sports City, chefs, chefs. Sports City, Sports City, chefs, chefs. Sports City, Sports City, chefs, chefs. Sports City, Sports City, chefs. Kaboom, Sports City chefs is in the room. Cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman vs. MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend it's the Sports City chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Sports City, Sports City chefs. Chef, Sports City, Sports City, Chef, 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 Chef,